today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the CEO of FPM, FPM3 Marketing, and Vacuuman is with us as per usual. Uh, this show brought to you by Vacuuman, of course. And uh, uh, listen, I, first of all, thanks for joining us again. Good to have you. Hope you had a great week. I, I did. I, I've enjoyed so much snow, Bill. I, I can't even begin to tell you. I mean, my eyes are bleeding white. It, it's right. just unbelievable. Yeah. Now, yeah, but you see, you're a winter sports guy. I know you skied or have skied anyway, and my family do too. Because I, I don't often use the words enjoy and ski in the or in snow rather in the same sentence, but but you do. I, and on that point, uh, because we've had a lot of snow in the last uh, seven days or so since you were on the show last, uh, you you spoke last week about snowplow robots and thought this is a really cool idea. Uh, and you always wonder when we do the show like this, you know, who's out there, who's listing. Uh, you got a lot of feedback on that segment. Well, last week when, when I did the show, we had snow, of course, and yep. uh, and I was shoveling, and I was a little winded and running a little behind, and, and producer Alicia was saying, you know, like we were concerned uh, something happened to me. But anyway, and I mentioned on the show, if I can find a robot snowplow, Bill, I am all over this like like crazy. Anyway, I got a few emails, not only a few, I got a lot. In fact, one telling me there's an autonomous snowplow competition for the last 11 years that takes place in January, and due to COVID, it's actually been bumped up to uh, to April. But there's a, a, an autonomous snowplow robotic competition, and this is where uh, universities across uh, the U.S. Uh, get to Illinois. They come out to Illinois area by Chicago, and they have a competition to see who builds the most uh, capable robotic snowplow. Now, this is pretty cool. And I mean, not only was I like amazed, I, I got excited. And you know what I'm like when I'm excited, Bill? You know, I end up getting giddy like a little schoolgirl, and I start shaking. And and I'm like, I need to know more. So you know, uh, Mr. Oldfield drives right into the whole. Uh, what is this all about? And they've got all sorts of even products on the market that are available. Um, and, and what was interesting, like I said, it's been 11 years this competition's been going on. And I'm thinking, here I am doing the Tech Talk show with you, and I'm learning this today. So what what are the, some of the things that we can expect, right? Like, what do we, what do we expect to see in some of these uh, robotic, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, you know, robots that that plow they have the plow version that goes uh, up and down the uh uh the driveway the, the other one is a snow blower and what you do is you set the path of your driveway or otherwise and it allows you to then uh, uh move the snow plow the snow and you can do this all from the comfort of your living room in fact <laughs> one of them even comes with alexa so you can even tell alexa that it's time to plow the driveway. The now that's the way to clear out. snow. That is the way to clear I, snow. You have a little I'm cup of hot chocolate or whatever, and just, you know, just, uh, Alexa, clear the driveway. Clear the driveway, and I'm salivating. Like, I can't even begin to tell you, Bill. I mean, like I said, I was like a, a tech schoolgirl, just giggly, and I'm called kind of like, ooh. So, and they're reasonably priced. They're $2,000 U.S., to allow for this kind of a product. So it's not out of the budget to consider. So if, uh, anyway, last week, I apologized to the listeners. I said, if there's something out there that does this, thank you to those. I had about four emails come in going, have you heard about, or did you know about, or you should look at this. Uh, there's RoboPlow, uh, there's uh, Snowbot, there's a couple out there. So anyways, if you don't want to push it yourself or shovel it, you've got an option, Bill. There you go. 2000 bucks. i got to tell you, I thought it would be worth a lot more than that. 
I thought the same, and that's uh, apparently it's coming down in price. They're saying that it's getting quite popular, um, and they could be less than fifteen hundred bucks by next year. Can't come soon enough for me. That's fabulous. Uh, listen, I'm glad I, I was looking forward to the show this week because the, you know one of the big stories in the news, and it's been an ongoing story, is this battle with Google and Australia. What's happening? This is, yeah, this is big news. And you know what? It started with Google uh, threatening to pull out of Australia with regards to the search engine. Last week when we spoke about it, uh, Google had made a comment about, and what did that look like? What would that impact? How would that uh, apply to all of Google's systems, whether it was their YouTube, Google Maps? And honestly, I think Google understood that if they tried to pull out of Australia, there was two issues. One, Obviously, the PR exposure of making Google look horrible. Uh, number two is the fact that uh, I'm sure all the engineers are looking at each other going, how do you want me to do what? <laughs> Who wants me to shut the satellite off for uh, Australia? So somebody sat around the boardroom and made the decision, you know what? Let's just come up with a financial agreement with the media. And that's what Google did. Google actually put together a plan. They actually are now going to be doing a revenue sharing with the with all of the media in Australia. And this is phenomenal news for the main reason, Bill, as you and I talked, is that media might be able to survive in Canada, particularly will be probably next in line with regards to how Google is approaching this. However, um, the other cyber bully in this whole picture is, of course, Facebook. And Facebook decided that they were going to flex their muscle and they turned off uh, randomly out of their own choice without even a rule, without a law that was passed. Uh, Facebook decided they're going to turn off access to share or see any media within Facebook in Australia. So if anyone was in Facebook and they used that as a daily communication or they were using it as a reference for any news source, they actually set up an algorithm that no media could be seen or shared in Australia. And that include that was inclusive of any media outside of the country, Bill. So really Facebook became the cyber bully which is one of those, wait a minute, nobody even knew Facebook was really that aggressively. They were speaking on it, but they got really, really upset and they did that. So um, it's going to be, I, ha- I believe they haven't really determined a solution to the problem other than Facebook needs to start to ante up like, like Google does. And Facebook is claiming that all of these media sources are gaining value because it's a community. The, the media is getting more rep- opportunity to be able to share their articles bring links of people into their media source, and Facebook should not be responsible for paying for that. Yeah, would you know that's a load of bull? Well, absolutely. I mean, when you're running $70 billion in revenue on advertising, and you know that advertising is being drawn by uh, people, um, speaking of which, we know that, uh, you know, this is really a bad move on a PR perspective from Facebook. I mean, I'm no PR expert, Bill, but I can tell you that Facebook is right now in hot water with Apple. They're in hot water with the government and the Senate. Um, and the fact they turned off all legitimate news sources, all that leaves in Facebook is me eating Doritos and puppy dogs licking my ears um, and all the false propaganda vid- uh, media that's going right now. That's the only thing you could share is everything that's fake and literally barbecues and uh, beach balls. There you go. Well, and Ted Cruz memes today, so there's a lot of those going around, too. Uh, <laughs> speaking of in the news, a uh, big day yesterday, of course. I know you're a big fan of, of, of science and space. Uh, you know, the, the, 
the landing, of course, on the Martian surface yesterday, and uh, we got to see some of the uh, conceptions, the computer conceptions, and what this is actually going to look like. Uh, and and it's not space travel so much that uh, that they're working on so much; it's how to get around once you get there. And we all remember the lunar vehicle, the the little thing that they tooled around in, looked like a dune buggy uh, back in the 1970s. <laughs> but Hyundai's getting into the game, I hear. This is amazing. I mean, with this announcement we just heard this past week with NASA landing on Mars, uh, this is going to be something we're going to probably see from a few of the automotive industries that are on the market. Um, And as you mentioned, uh, you know, Elon Musk has that vision to really you know, pick it up and, and take lead on that. And if not colonize Mars, Hyundai created a spacewalker. And not only is it a spacewalker, it's pretty amazing. It's almost like an all-terrain vehicle, but it reminded me of the Empire Strikes Back when the At-Ats, you know, the walkers that were crushing and walking down in, uh, yeah. and approaching the Rebels. Um, but it reminds me so much of a Star Wars uh, At-At uh, that it's got uh, four legs, uh, a big body where you can hold uh, you know, materials, transport uh, products or otherwise. It has a solar panel on the roof and the wheels when it comes to an area or comes to an obstacle uh, like a tree branch for example or a log it it actually will lift its legs and walk over it Um, this is amazing I mean this four-legged wheeled vehicle is going to possibly revolutionize the new SUV world like driving through the woods will never be a problem it will never be an obstacle you won't need a pass because the vehicle will be able to walk over it everything in addition to rolling and this is uh, it's called the tiger x if you're interested in wanting to see this it's about the size of a suitcase right now but the idea of this is this is where innovation really does uh come fold uh, come outward with regards to all of these private companies looking to be involved in the space travel world and this is one example of where we're seeing uh, a lot of companies st- you know trying to create that innovative uh you know obviously environmentally friendly it's completely electric, solar-powered, uh, and they're looking for the bigger picture of space. This is something we could be seeing in everyday life right here on Earth. Hack of the week, uh, which we do kind of tongue-in-cheek <laughs> because there are so many of them every week. And, and I mean, the underlying message here, there's two parts to it, the message, I guess. One, change your password and be careful with who you share information. And that's uh, obviously a lesson the city of Mississauga didn't get. Well, yeah, this one was, uh, now this one isn't as bad as what we normally hear with Hack of the Week, Bill. Uh, and I don't know if it will make the Hack of the Year. But at the end of the day, what was, if you were on the City of Mississauga's website, there was a survey that was submitted. And between September and October, the question was a climate survey within the city. It was just a simple survey. You probably entered your email address if you were doing this survey in the City of Mississauga. Uh, and more or less what happened was it got breached. Uh, the access to the data was compromised. And they got pretty much a lot of email addresses and a lot of first and last names. No other personal information was taken from it. But again, it's an example of when you're, you know, when you submit your contents or your details about yourself, um, how secure is it when we're even doing a simple thing like a survey? So hack of the week goes to the city of Mississauga for those filling out a climate survey. All right. Uh, You were talking last week about uh, social media microsystems. An update on that? 
Yeah, well, as we keep hearing many microsystems, social media systems that are on the market, one of them was called Clubhouse. And I was quick to jump on that and talk about all the new things, Bill, and we don't have to worry about the big Goliaths of Facebook and TikToks. Well, there's one little bit of a challenge with these micro social medias. And as much as they've got you know, a less uh, amount of people that are signing on, they still come with a lot of vulnerabilities. So this is a lesson to everyone. If you're going to be joining these micro micro social media platforms, particularly in this story, it's Clubhouse, which is like a podcast invite only social media platform. Um, China was spying and they were able to determine that China was right in there sniffing around, taking a look at all of the podcasts and anything that was posted, it was infiltrated. So again, you know, when these startups are coming up, part of it is, you know, the Googles, the Facebooks, they've got a massive engineering team when it comes to developing a security develop uh, protection around it. In these cases, just keep that in mind. If you're going to join these social medias, these micro ones, a lot of them haven't really uh, closed up a lot of the gaps, if you want to say. So just be careful. Our uh, listeners may recall the fact that Parler.com got shut down because of the problems with the White House a little while ago. Uh, are they making a comeback? comeback they're back and it's online so um they you know the parlor.com by the way was really referenced as the right wing social media uh i guess that makes facebook the left wing i'm not sure which one's in the center anyway left right it doesn't matter parlor.com got shut down during the white house ambush uh fiasco that took place amazon google microsoft they all said, no, we're not going to let Parler.com, this social media uh, platform, which is like Facebook, by the way, if you don't know what it is, um, they ended up more or less telling them they're not allowed anywhere on the internet. Well, a microserver that was not as big as Amazon and Google has allowed them to come online. Ironically, it's called Skylink. I don't know what it is about everyone using the same name. It has nothing to do with Elon Musk, but it's a hosting server. Got them back online. And if you were a member of Parler.com, you may not know this or not, but you can now sign in. Your old login and password will get you back in. And if you're a right-wing heavy thinker, you want to get back on, you now have the accessibility to do that. Well, that's good news. Not so many, well, I was going to say, not too many probably listening, but you never know, do you? Uh, SolarWinds <laughs> continues to make the media. What's happening there? Well, we know that solar winds is one of the biggest topics that we've been hearing that was infiltrated. And if anyone doesn't remember, solar winds was a, a platform, a database platform that is used by a lot of government bodies, including the NSA and Homeland Security. And it had been hacked. Not only was it hacked, it was a massive hack. And how it was infiltrated was they put in a bunch. This is what's really intriguing, Bill. When we talk about these hacks and what they do and what they're capable of getting involved with, this one was what they're determining is how did they discover it was hacked well it was an engineer that worked with solar winds one one engineer bill this wasn't like a massive coming in at all directions it was one person within solar uh, solar winds and he had his tfa or 2fa two-factor authentication this is where you get a text message that says yeah. here's yeah. your code you need to enter well this is what they did they were managing with one individual they were able to get a multiple to FA. So every time he would sign in or she would sign in, it would then send the code to the hackers. And not only would it, when I say hackers, it took over a thousand hackers 
or they're calling them engineers, by the way, just in case you hear that <laughs> word in, in a hacking environment, Bill. Uh, and, and I always get asked, that, is a hacker an engineer? The answer is yes. They're called software engineers. They're just not very nice ones. So uh, <laughs> a hacker or a software engineer, it took a thousand of them that were infiltrating the system. And it was, I find it so fascinating because it sounds like SolarWinds is so big and there was a thousand hackers and it was just one person. You know, it was just one individual who just, you know, used ABC123 or, one, you know, 123456, whatever it was, and they were able to create such havoc across the United States in regards to this government program. So that's all it took to, be, to create such a, a, a massive uh, uh, concern across our protection when it comes to software like this. Well, and again, it goes back to changing passwords and a number of other things like that, too. As a matter of fact, because I know every year you come up with a list of the top, uh, the most used passwords. Uh, the hackers get that list, too, okay? So <laughs> beware. That's, that's the message. They listen to the show, Bill. That's why. Oh, of course that's they do, the yeah. This is Tech Talk. We do this every Friday at 1135. Brought to you by Vacuuman. Uh, have a great weekend, Adam. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Bill. You, too. Take care. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.